It's the shout outs. Welcome to the Patreon shout out section. Yeah. This is the section where we shout out the patrons at the beginning. Patreon. Even if you got a shout out loud. This episode brought to you by the following patrons. Wes Dreskel, Kaylee, Aaron, Danielle, Damasaurus, the number Jeff, Awesome Possum Blossom, Amy, Tia, Matthew, William, Brandon, Dave, Jonathan, Mandy, Scott, Kate, Isaac, Karun, Eddie, and Nick B. And all the patrons want you to know you're loved, you're listened to, and you're a valuable member of this awesome horror virgin community. And if you want to hang out with us, please do so in our Facebook group and Discord servers where we chat daily. Did you guys see that Natalie posted a video of me playing drums the other night? I did. Yeah. Did you guys see what my mom responded to that? What'd no. She say? <laughs> What'd she say? Oh, I'm so glad you guys didn't see it because she included a childhood nickname. Um, this is my toddy body <laughs> and, and I, I literally wrote back mom don't embarrass me <laughs> i don't remember what episode it was but we talked about nicknames and i was like my mom calls me something i'm not going to mention on the podcast because i don't want people calling me that it was that <laughs> well too late now we're all going to call you toddy body toddy body toddy body Makes you feel better. My parents call me P Dub. No, that's an awesome nickname, Paige. Said Toddy Body. It's like the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I love it. (laughs) So, why did no one tell me that The Wicker Man was a straight on horny fucking musical? (laughs) (laughs) I tried. I tried, Todd. You know, if anyone has the deets on a horny musical, it is me. I feel like Todd because I fucking hated this movie. (laughs) (laughs) This this is why I've never been able to. Paige, start it. Thank you for tuning into Horror Virgin. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your Horror Virgin, Todd, which means I don't like scary movies, but sometimes you guys make me watch them. But this week, Paige made me watch a horny musical called The The Wicker Wicker Man. Man. The original Wicker Man. Yes, from 1973. Yeah. Now, was this the first time either of you had seen it before? Of course, Paige, I'm assuming you've seen it a bunch. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah. I've seen this many, many times. Many times? Oh, my God. No, I've not <laughs> seen this movie before. Paige, I have a feeling that Mikey full-on hated this movie. I'm sure he did, although I feel like I might win back some of that by telling him that some very, very good movies are heavily inspired by this movie, aside from Midsummer. I mean, Midsummer's the obvious one. That's like you saying, like, hey, Nazis were cool. Do you remember Band of Brothers? <laughs> <laughs> Do you like Hugo Boss? Yeah, I mean, he made their uniforms. Do you uniforms. like Volkswagens? Then maybe don't be so harsh about that Hitler guy. I drive a Jetta! I'll never forgive myself. That's how I feel about this film. It feels like Willy Wonka, but ter- but also terrible. I don't know. Like, I hated it. I want a cult Willy Wonka. Like, I'm sorry, you think Willy Wonka's not already a cult? Willy Wonka is a cult. What are you talking about? He's clearly running a cult. What do you think the Oompa Loompas are? Yeah. Yeah. He murders children. He absolutely murders children. <laughs> also... I guess this is the reason why we haven't been able to agree to get this movie on the show before is because I hate it, and I hated it more than I thought I was going to Because it's a musical all of a sudden. <laughs> if it hadn't had the music, would you have still hated it? Because the, the modern one does yes. not have the music, but it is a terrible film. There was no bees. I was expecting bees. <laughs> the bees are only in the modern one. That That's only the Nicolas Cage uh... version. And it and it's fucked up and stupid. And like the main character's main power is just like preaching at them. I was like, bro, like run or fight or anything else besides what you're doing. He's trapped on an island. 
Island. He does try and run. He tries to get back in his, his plane, but it won't start, right? But I do agree, Mikey. This The cop's superpower is like pearl clutching and proselytizing. <laughs> That's all he <laughs> yeah. does the entire time he's on this island. That's kind of the whole point of the movie is the juxtaposition between his staunch conservative Christianity and their, they refer to it as pagan. I would say naturalist religion is probably a more appropriate descriptor. I mean, I'm not going to make him out to be the bad guy since they burned him alive at the end. <laughs> I'm just saying he's an incompetent protagonist who should have went back to the mainland seven times and asked for oh, backup. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or at yeah, least yeah, taken yeah, yeah. a radio with him to the island. Like, not only is he a bad protagonist, he's a very bad policeman. Yeah, I mean, he is terrible at his job. You're right. And he lost the police airplane. So he would have been doubly in trouble. <laughs> I do love that at one point in this movie, he just goes, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to look in every house behind every <laughs> yeah, curtain. With no warrants. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So this is the first time I had seen this movie, though. Yeah. And I loved it. It was amazing. Yes! But yes! largely oh, because it's terrible. Like, this movie <laughs> yes! is patently <laughs> unwatchable, but it, it like <laughs> the fact that it is so bad makes it watchable. Like, we just watched one of these on Romance in the Pod. Simply Irresistible and The Wicker Man, I will say, are functionally the same movie. They are what? two no, movies Tom, no, that are so bonkers. <laughs> They're terrible, but you have to watch them because they are amazing. Also, this movie is a horny musical, and I am here for that. It is a horny musical. It's just so bad. It is. I no, have fun with it, Mikey. I did not. I didn't have fun with it because I added all these fucking stupid, like, sing-songy parts, and I don't like it. But, Mikey, you didn't like that in between every scene we get a musical interlude about barley and corn for no reason? <laughs> From naked ladies half the time. <laughs> I don't care if they're naked. I don't want to listen to them sing. I do not understand your aversion to any music of any kind in films. It is baffling. Also, part of my horror survival rules is if there's beautiful naked women dancing at you on a strange island like Ibiza, you need to get out of there. <laughs> Ibiza's not a strange island. I like that he doesn't even know how to say Ibiza right. Ibiza. <laughs> I just want a pizza. <laughs> Mikey, I want a pizza too, baby. I'm so hungry, but we have to finish recording first. I'll say this, Mikey. Uh, what? Oh. Mikey, Paige has a pizza. God damn it. Paige, how did you do that? Why are you trying to make me angry today? Paige is a witch. We have to burn her like a wicker man. Well, you'll have to get here first. <laughs> Paige, you don't go anywhere. Give me two, three days tops. I'm going to come out there and burn you. I wonder if Scotland overload. I will say Outlander is better than this movie. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to fight with you on that. But uh, it's like I, if she went back in time and was like, you're doing it wrong. You shouldn't do that. Which she almost does, like twice. I mean, you're only in the first season. I'm just going to say it, it. Claire gets pretty mouthy. <laughs> <sighs> does she teach them about oral? Is that what you mean? I mean, that, that happens in episode seven, and he hasn't gotten to it yet. But like... <laughs> Oh, Mikey, you didn't love the fact that 20 minutes into this movie, there's a naked woman doing the Macarena against a wall? <laughs> I have so many notes about that scene. I've lived in plenty of apartment complexes to know how noisy neighbors go, okay? I don't care if she is cute. It's 3 a.m. I have work in the morning. <laughs> so, Paige, why did you make us watch this horny musical? Okay, so I, like Todd... I'm fully here for this horny musical. It is <laughs> absolutely bonkers. Uh, but I got introduced to this movie through one of my favorite movies of all time that is heavily based on this movie. Is that Midsummer? 
No, this really? movie Hot Fuzz. Hot Fuzz is heavily based on this film, specifically the character uh, of the police yeah. officer. But Hot Fuzz is good. Fun fact, the guy who plays the police officer in Wicker Man is in Hot Fuzz. Okay. Purposefully, because they based it so heavily on this movie. So I feel like it's really interesting to look at both Hot Fuzz and Midsummer, because Midsummer heavily borrows from this film, 100%. Yeah. It's very interesting to look at the two of them and see two different directors super inspired by this film that made things that go in completely different directions. Yeah. And I think that's really fascinating. I, I think that's just the nature of the writer-directors themselves, like, right? Right. Like, Ari Aster right. is very well known for his, like, style and it's like very right. melancholic very slow dread sort of thing midsummer or midsummer is very much that mm-hmm. and simon Pegg is like a comedian he writes very funny stuff and edgar wright is a very stylized director and when they get together you're right. gonna get like a really cool stylized funny piece of art and i i'm into that i like that way more than i like midsummer I, well and i think that it, this sounds terrible if you like the style of Midsommar, but the story bums you out. I don't know why this story bums me out less. I think it's because the movie's so bonkers. But to like, it, I feel a little bit lighter about this than Midsommar. Oh, yeah. I feel like oh, yeah. Midsommar has like a bunch of huge, long, important discussions. And this one, we're just like, titties though. Yeah, they murdered the preachy one. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike Midsommar. They, that's true. He's got his head out of the wicker person like he's being birthed by it like a baby. And he's like, the power of Christ will make you feel guilty later on tonight when you're trying to sleep. And they're like just singing away about llamas or some shit. <laughs> uh, no, it's, so I, almost every single song in the movie is a traditional folk song. It sounds like that. Yeah. It's also probably cheaper because they're in the public domain. But yeah, uh, I, I guess so. But Paige, to your point. Midsommar is like a good movie in so much as that I feel like it's achieving what it's trying to achieve. Yeah, it, it's filmed well. It's styled well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's heavy, though. It's yes, a heavy exactly. film, 100%. That's the reason I don't like Midsommar. It's like super, super sad and heavy. And I don't think a lot of people understand that Danny is worse off when the movie ends than she was when it begins. But this movie right here is a comedy. I don't think it was intended to be a comedy, <laughs> but it is a comedy. I don't know that it wasn't intended to be a <laughs> <laughs> Definitely kind of is, though. Yeah, I feel like this proves my point that almost every 70s movie is terrible. <laughs> I, yes, but I will say that the bad things about this movie are palatably bad, personally. Like, there are some 70s movies that you're just like, this is paced terrible, the camera work is bad, yeah. and I'm sitting through this for two and a half hours. This movie is... A cool 90 minutes, and we will talk about, there's multiple cuts of the movie for a lot of different reasons. We'll talk about in fun fact. But this movie is in and out in 90 minutes. It is quick. I like the pace. Yeah, the pace is great. In fact, you need the songs, otherwise it does not crack 80 minutes. Oh, yeah. Without the music, this thing's 45 minutes. This is a short Black (laughs) Mirror episode now without the music. But what I really like, and so if you watch the modern one, and I don't want to wreck it because I do, the modern one is is bad in its own way, in a completely different way. Well, they're probably just trying to be like honor the original by making it a bad movie. Absolutely (laughs) not. It's bad because it's Nicolas Cage and it misunderstands everything about this film. Well, that's fantastic. No one in the new one is willing to have fun with it at all. Whereas I think Christopher Lee is having the time of his life in this movie. Oh, I completely agree. Chris, 
Christopher Lee leans into everything, and I just feel like he's chuckling between takes. He helped get this movie made. It's his favorite film that he was ever in. God, <laughs> and he, this man was in Lord of the Rings. Yes. Like the trilogy. And honestly, I agree with him. I, I don't know anymore. I don't, nothing makes sense. Mikey, do you want to sit through nine hours of what I will say is excellent filmmaking or... Do you want to watch a horny musical with me? <laughs> a horny musical for 90 minutes. I would rather minutes. watch the extended editions of Lord of the Rings. Oh, man. All you want to watch is people with weird-ass looking feet walk for nine hours when they could have just taken the birds the whole time. Or do you want to watch a horny musical with a guy who has weird-ass feet? <laughs> I don't want to watch anything horny or anything musical with you. Well, it's too bad, Mikey. I'm coming over. We're doing this. No. No. No, 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 no. I'm coming over. We're putting on... I'm trying to think of another horny musical, but honestly, this is the horniest musical I can think of. I mean, I, I think this guy deserves to die. I mean, he went over to that island... <laughs> He's the worst police detective I've ever seen. He went seen, like, alone and didn't tell anybody he was going anywhere. He didn't even bring a gun. Well, well that's because they don't have guns. They have guns. You just got to like check them out for special assignments. Like, I don't know, going to an island to, to like investigate a kidnapping by yourself. He is sort of the worst though, Mikey. You're right. He gets there and he immediately shits on them, shits on their culture. It's no wonder they want to kill him. But also they burn him alive. <laughs> Like, they did burn I get him that alive, he's annoying, Tom. but they did burn him alive. Yeah, but if he had got there and been like, oh, this is a cool place. I really like you guys. Let me sort of like uh, not shit all over your culture and religion. No, they would have burned him alive. That's the whole point of the movie. They sent that letter to draw him in. They sent the letter to specifically get him. Well, he could have been like, hey, I know a real big douchebag at my office named Mikey. Let me send him a message. We'll get him over here and burn him alive. Yeah. And if I was that police officer, I'd be like, oh, okay. I brought a gun. Pow, pow. Who's next? <laughs> you might burn me, but I'm shooting at least six of you. Yeah. Had he taken the landlord's daughter up on her offer, he wouldn't have been able to be the sacrifice. Yeah, because he would no longer be a 40-year-old virgin. That seems like he was lying. <laughs> I mean, like, there's no way, right? But, okay, but if he was lying, do you think when they were taking him up into the Wicker Man, he wouldn't have been like, all right, guys, you got me. I'm actually not a virgin. I met her at camp. You don't know where <laughs> yeah, she yeah. lives in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> How do you think he knew those apples were going to be good? And he's like, these apples are going to be good. I've been fucked. <laughs> Wait, how does sex give you extra knowledge about apples? I don't know extra shit about apples. He was apples. talking about how their harvest was not going to be any better the next year. Yeah, their apples didn't grow. Yeah, no, I get that. But like... That's how he knew. He's screaming about it up in the wicker room. He's like, this won't help the apples. This is not going to help the... Because he knew because he, he had fucked some people. What? Why? What? This... I, honestly, I realize you're confused, Paige. I feel like this like line checks out. Like, <laughs> I am on board. <laughs> I fully understand what Mikey is talking about right here. I don't know how to make this any clearer. He fucks some people. He can't be burned to make the apples better. I don't know how to A to B to C this to you, Paige. <laughs> A is for apples. B is for butt stuff. C is for can we move on and talk to the movie? <laughs> yes, Paige. Let's just move into the movie. We'll figure it out as we go through Anyway. It. I want him to crash the plane into the wicker man. Like, I want, it, I want like a real cool. <laughs> I just wanted him to kill a couple of them. Uh, he does not fight back at all when he realizes they're going to kill him. I understand him like going along with them until he sees the wicker man and them like putting him up in the wicker man. Like you would have to beat the 
shit out of me to get me up in that wicker man. Oh, you'd have to knock me out. I mean, listen, I would fully die in that situation because there's so many of them and one of me. Yeah, it is a losing proposition. Yeah, You'd have to either kill me before I got up there or knock me out and then take me up there and put me in there. I would straight up try to murder as many of them as I could on the way up to that yeah. wicker man. And, I, and oh, I would be yeah. up there and be like, I killed your husband, Frank. Fuck Frank, he was weak. Always remember. Wow, okay, it's just a TV show, Mikey. (laughs) I know that Frank is the lesser choice, but we gotta at least get to season three to discuss why. Fuck Smaggy McMackinsons or whatever they call Scottish people. (laughs) (laughs) I would like to go ahead and apologize to all of Scotland on behalf of Mikey. So if you are from the lowlands or the highlands, we apologize. I murdered Connor from Clan McMuffin. (laughs) (laughs) The most delicious of all the clans. (laughs) God, I'm so hungry right now, Mikey. What did you do to me? I have a 70% off coupon for Postmates. That's a lot of percent. It is. Mikey, <laughs> order some food. I'll come over and we'll watch a horny musical. No, I got to work tomorrow. Sorry. <laughs> you can just leave when we're done. You know what I'm saying? Uh, no, it's my house. <laughs> oh, my bad. That's right. In this bit, I'm going to your place. I'm sorry. I forgot. <laughs> anyway, I don't want to like give away the modern one, but Nicolas Cage does fight back in the oh, modern God. one, and which results in him punching an old lady in the face Hell at one yeah. point in that movie and it's funny as shit Hell, you, see that's what I want I'm telling you it could still be a listener request hear me out don't disappoint listeners although we're gonna don't have to do a listener request before this comes out but arguably well, a Mikey movie I well I said it on the last episode too so my god if November is wicker month I'll be so mad <laughs> will you I don't think you will actually after this if they're all like this page no it's not a horny musical but it is hilariously bad excellent i'm on board but Paige, yeah let's get through this hilariously bad movie before we even jump into that one yeah well this movie opens up with thanks for letting us respect your culture and religion about a movie about making fun of their culture and religion so mikey okay first of all <laughs> it, it opens up with the red uh with the british lion logo that's going to be important in fun facts later okay um but then there's the thank you to the people of summer's isle which is not a real place so that is the 1970s equivalent of this is based on a true story oh that's funny yeah so it's like a fake thank you yeah i mean of, of course it is like, oh this is tacky yeah uh so the credits are actually kind of cool because it's much like The Shining. It's him traveling to the island. Yeah, it is. It's just a lot of credits. 70s movies are like this. They show all yeah. the credits beforehand, which I don't have the attention span for. But at least in this one, it is him traveling like in The Shining. I feel like those two movies do this sort of credits the best because you actually are doing something. Right. And he's flying over. He's flying over the Isle of Skye for most of it. Which is beautiful. I've been there. It's so it lovely. It is beautiful. Yeah. Uh, those the rocks on the Isle of Skye that he flies past the kind of natural like craggy things yeah uh, are in one of the Transformer movies whatever one has the dragon when you said Transformer uh, movie Mikey perked up he ignored <laughs> us while we were talking about the Isle of Skye and then the second you mention a Michael Bay produced movie he's like 
I'm on board for this conversation. <laughs> I think that's the one with like the knights or whatever, where they do like the the knights of the round table. The Transformers movies are terrible. Call me when they get to Dinobots. I don't care otherwise. I have not seen a single one. The last one I watched, Optimus Prime just transforms into a rocket and leaves Earth at the end. I mean, wouldn't you? <laughs> but he hasn't had the ability to fly for five previous movies. Well, all right. Anyway, so <laughs> they fly over Hearts of the Isle of Skye, and then they fill in some of the shooting with um, South Africa, where like the crops and stuff that they're shooting are yeah. uh, shots from South Africa. Well, because the whole thing is like they are growing crops on this island. They shouldn't be able to. Apples. Well, yeah, but also crops. Yeah, it's not just apples. It's he mentions It's apples and peaches. And vegetables. Like they talk about it, Mikey. But like they wouldn't actually be able to grow them there. So they have to show a place that actually can grow them. Right. It's just avocados. <laughs> yeah, they're growing avocados in Scotland. Yeah. <laughs> good. It's honestly really good avocado country. You got like Southern California, avocado country, Isle of Skye. <laughs> now, once he lands that police plane in the harbor, that's the last time any of this movie is filmed on an island. Really? Yes. That's Every funny. other part of this movie is uh, predominantly filmed in uh, Dumfries and Galloway. In, it's okay. still in Scotland. It's yeah, just yeah, not yeah. yeah. Galloway is like Southern Scotland. I don't know. I mean, I... I've been there. Cool. Oh, here we go. I yep. knew if you're if you're listening at home, the I've been there count is at two. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it's beautiful. Like it is amazing. Should I count that as three? Yep. Rude. <laughs> hey, you know what? Someday maybe we will be famous enough podcasters that we can go. Yeah, let's do that. And then Mikey and I can say that we've been pleased. <laughs> I've been to Mississippi. I've been to Morocco. <laughs> Morocco's like really impressive. That actually is really impressive. I've never been to never Africa. Been I went to the yeah. Cayman Islands. It was nice. Yeah, I only went that one time. But I've also been to the French Riviera. I always do like white trash vacations. I'm like, I'm on a cruise. I'm here for the day. But I did. I went to the Bahamas. <laughs> anyway, so he calls out to the shore to ask for a dinghy and <laughs> confirms that he is at Summer's Isle. I mean, this is my favorite scene of when he just argues with the people on the shore. Yeah, because he's like, help me come ashore. And they're like, hard pass. <laughs> it's private property. He's like, hey, <laughs> bring me your dinghy. And they're like, fuck off. <laughs> Bye. It's so great. And he's like, I'm a cop. And they're just like, where's your warrant? Um, <laughs> eventually, they bring the dinghy out so he can come ashore. See, if this was an 80s cop film, he could have pulled out his gun and been like, here's my warrant, and then fired off a couple of rounds. Only in America, though. Yeah. That's like not... I want Mel Gibson's... You want Braveheart slash... I want Lethal Weapon and Wicker Man mixed together of just the unhinged Mel Gibson cop. I mean, then you want modern Wicker Man. That's what oh, you fuck. want. Is that what it's like? That's what we should have watched. It's, it's, no, it, it's bad in its own way, but it's basically Nicolas Cage being like, tell me where she is for like the whole movie. How to get burned. How to get burned. How to get burned. Yeah. It's fucking nuts. Uh, well, that I'm sounds so great. excited about it, that. Hey, you know what? You have a choice of what we can watch next week. And also people can choose it for listener requests. I pick next week. I know you could choose modern Oh, I'm not choosing Wicker that. Man. I've already chosen my movie that I don't think anyone would let me pick. Well, I, I sent you guys a trailer earlier of a potential pick if I win the coin toss after this. So anyway, so the police officer goes ashore. Yeah, they have a brief <laughs> argument about a dinghy and then they finally get ashore. Once he goes ashore, he notices that people are riding on horses. All the townspeople are kind of watching him from the windows. It's clearly like a small community and his arrival has sparked some unrest, I would say. Well, I mean, just curiosity, I think, which yeah. I understand. Like, I don't know if everyone in the town is in on it, but 
obviously some people are, so they would be like, oh my God, he's finally here, right? But even if it's just like a small town, I feel like they would be interested in just some new person there. I would say the entire town is in on it because they all have to cover for where Rowan is. That's true. And that's something that I think Hot Fuzz pulls heavily from. Where like, Hot Fuzz, you go through the movie liking a lot of these people and then you find out at the very end that literally every single person is in on it. And Simon Pegg and Nick Frost just literally shoot everyone to death. So like... I do love that movie. It's such a great movie. (laughs) But also, Mikey, to your point, this would be a very different movie if there was a gun, you know? Or a knife. (laughs) Or just anything, man. He didn't even (laughs) carry a knife. Or a nightstick. I mean, you're thinking of American police, which is a very different animal. They carry batons over in the UK. Not this guy, apparently. But not this dude. Also, he's from the Highland Police, I think. Well, he's Scottish. Yeah, Yeah, I I honestly don't know specifically what their laws are. I'm sure a listener could fill in for us and tell us what it is. But the only thing I know about Scotland, I have learned from horny TV. So it's not reliable information. (laughs) (laughs) Is Scotland the horniest overseas destination? I mean, I didn't think so until a couple weeks ago, but I think we might have misjudged that. Yeah, I think if you consider Outlander and then this. This. Yeah. So he asks everyone at the dock if they've seen Rowan and he has a photo of her and he reads the letter that he received concerning her disappearance. So he was personally written a letter anonymously that somebody was like, I need you specifically to come investigate this because this girl disappeared. And he follows the letter with no backup. (laughs) <laughs> don't know why he did that. It's like he, he got up from his desk and was like, I have to go now. Give me the plane. And he just yes. flew there immediately. <laughs> I'm the cop that can't be stopped. And I just like, <laughs> anyway, so uh, they all deny knowing her. And he's like, well, her mother is listed as Mae Morrison. They're like, oh, we know May. And he's like, but you don't know her. Da-. And they're like, that's not her daughter. I've never seen her. But May owns the post office. And he's like, uh, okay. Sure. So he goes to the post office and it's kind of like a post office slash candy store, drug store, kind of like. Like a Cracker Barrel. Yeah, kind of like a Cracker Barrel. <laughs> That's where they got the jaw harp they use later. <laughs> also, this just in, Scottish police all carry extendable batons, pepper spray, and handcuffs. Mm, and a radio. A radio would have at least existed in the 70s. But Mikey, this guy got a letter. He got up and left immediately in a hurry. He didn't have time to grab his baton. He has a suitcase. <laughs> That's his go bag, Mikey. He was ready yeah. to go. Anyway, he doesn't get to use them handcuffs either. He ties somebody up. Wait, why didn't you just use the handcuffs? Because he doesn't have handcuffs. That's he just didn't what even they, bring handcuffs. Yeah, he, he doesn't have them, Paige. I don't even think he's a real police officer. He's just coming here on a personal errand. I like Mikey's theory that he's not really a police officer. He just <laughs> yeah. murdered a police officer, stole their uniform and plane and flew here. Yeah. Your apples won't grow. I'm a murderer. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, inside the post office and the kind of candy store that they have, they're very like traditional sweets. So they have like sugar babies, like these giant kind of sugar baby sculptures. They have sugar pigs and they have chocolate hairs, like not necessarily an Easter bunny, like a chocolate hair. Yeah. Um, which is, it's kind of cool. I kind of like some of the old timey stuff they do in this movie. So he asks May, 
have you seen you know this girl is this your daughter and she's like that's not my daughter my daughter's in the other room myrtle and myrtle is painting a hair yeah it's like a big bunny for those of you don't know what hair is yeah sorry to clarify yeah big rabbit just think of the rabbit from donnie darko don't edit your draft of that at all (laughs) and then every time we mention a hair think about that imagine how funny this movie would be if they'd be like oh the hair's in the field and it's just like people in bunny suits (laughs) (laughs) i do feel like if donnie darko was a horny musical i'd actually like it i mean that jet engine does go down on somebody (laughs) (laughs) anyway so he asks myrtle about rowan he asks her a few different questions and myrtle seems to know rowan and says oh she's in the field playing with the hairs because she's a rabbit yeah and that's kind of what myrtle gives him as a story and it doesn't make a ton of sense although it will make some sense later i think that's the version they told myrtle while rowan was away yeah i feel like if you're the cop in that situation not knowing anything you're like oh myrtle thinks that rowan is a bunny right or is a hare right right? that's like her pet it's playing with other bunnies in the fields or whatever but myrtle's just regurgitating the story that her parents have told her right exactly but like i understand his oh she's just talking about a bunny that's fine whatever yeah yeah he then goes to the green man inn which is like a rowdy pub is it rowdy or is it just a bunch of horny old men and one attractive lady (laughs) i think i would would call that rowdy (laughs) not stay in that bar no you'd be like oh this is a sausage fest i'm leaving (laughs) i'm I'm about to hear a lot about old man's dicks yes it's the it's the polar opposite of the pub in american werewolf in london yeah i would be like uh i'm not gonna stay at this bar i'm gonna go outside to the orgy i'll be back later (laughs) yeah (laughs) i'm gonna walk outside into true blood season two don't worry about it it's i'm just gonna stay close to the freeze frame and then i'll be back oh yeah Anyway, so the pub is a lot of old dudes that want to bone the, what we'll find out is the landlord's daughter. Yeah. Her name is Willow. And she's gorgeous. Like, she beautiful. She is, but she's not well. (laughs) No one in this place is well, Mikey. That's how you know. There's a lot going on with her. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I could never be with her due to the, you know, banging all over the walls while I'm trying to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) bitch i'm tired i have to work tomorrow (laughs) yeah yeah i feel like that would give you plenty of excuses to leave though you'd be like oh if you're gonna do the macarena naked against the wall i'm gonna go home so have a good one i'd be like this is fun and like you're cute and i'm glad you work out but like i can't talk to you all you do is sing weird (laughs) shit and bang on the walls it's and like my mom came over and you were still naked it's just not working (laughs) anyway she takes the key and she goes up to essentially show him to his room and as she goes to leave the whole pub starts singing a song about how they have basically all slept with her or they all want to yeah or they all want to and how their favorite part of her is the part between her left toe and her right toe which is her vagina toe yeah yeah her vagina toe <laughs> which we pretty much see in this movie there was some stunt butts going on in this movie and we'll really? talk about it later yeah her butt does look very good i mean i'm not surprised yep Stunt butt. Stunt butt. <laughs> anyway, so Officer Howie, or Sergeant Howie, I should say, is not amused. And he's like, can we, That's she's right, right he's here. A can sergeant. we stop singing about this? Yeah, he's a sergeant. He should have known better. I know. <laughs> Mikey, this sort of thing does not come up on the sergeant's exam. 
Yeah. You mean like wearing your badge or handcuffs? He has his or- badge. He just doesn't have the handcuffs. Or uh, his baton. He wasn't planning on getting into any kinky situations while he was there. Yeah, both of those things sound like sex objects to me. Is that wrong? Anything's a sex object if you use it. I mean, I'm not saying we should remake this with Jamie Dornan and make it Fifty Shades of Wicker, but, like, we could. <laughs> anyway, he wants his supper. They they serve it to him, and everything's out of a can. And he's like, you guys are known for your fruits and vegetables. Why is this terrible? <laughs> like, what is going on? And she's like, oh, well, I mean, we exported all of them. So, yeah, too bad. And he shows the photo around the bar. Nobody says that they know her. He does find the pictures of their Harvest Festival Queen, and there's one missing. Now, if you remember Midsummer, this exact same story beat happens. Yeah. In Midsummer. Yeah. Well, because they have they have a picture of like the quote unquote May Queen the from May every Queen. year, yeah. except for last year. Yep. Right. And he's like, oh, I bet that Rowan won that. Like, that's the connect there. Yeah. Right. So he goes outside before going upstairs to his room and he sees a couple making out outside the tavern. And then as he walks out into the fields out in front of the tavern, he sees a literal orgy. Oh, yeah. And he just kind of walks through it like scandalized. And I was like, don't walk towards it if it's bothering you. (laughs) Like, just go back inside, dude. But he's just like, oh, he's like, oh, I hate it. I hate it. Let me walk towards him. Exactly, Mikey. He'd be like, oh, my God. This is, I'm so scandalized. I must get closer to see exactly what's going on. I need to investigate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, he then walks into the graveyard where they are watering graves. Or in the case of one lady, she is um uh, straddling a grave. I mean, you could argue that she's still probably watering it, but. I thought she was crying. She is nude and straddling Maybe crying. I mean, that's what you're used to, Todd. I have no comment <laughs> on what Mikey is talking about right now. <laughs> no, I thought I really did think she was crying. I was like, why is she like that's This is I mean, weird. she might be, but she is also naked and posed very sexually on that grave. Do you th- so you think she's fucking it? I don't know. I, I think it's weird that you guys think it's weird that I think she's crying in a graveyard when you guys are like, no, she's clearly fucking that grave. She's naked and straddling <laughs> the grave, Todd. Yeah, yeah, but think about what happens in graveyards normally. I feel like fucking a grave is a little bit more crazy hey, than- Hey, I don't know a ton about graveyards. Everything I know is from Return of the Living Dead, and they were naked and straddling gravestones in a sexual way, so I just have to go with that. I feel like basically. your opinion is skewed based on your- <laughs> Media intake. <laughs> Fine. She had a morning wood. Oh, wow. That is, honestly, Mikey, you need to go take a victory lap around your house. That was amazing. I love everything about that joke. <laughs> I use it at funerals a lot. doesn't hit as much. <laughs> hey, uh, ladies. I have morning wood. Your grandma's dead, Mikey. <laughs> I'm just picturing... <laughs> Will Ferrell from Wedding Crashers just being like, damn it, Ralph! God damn it! But I mean, listen, it's a numbers game. (laughs) No. That number is 69. Yep. Let's keep going. So he goes back to his room to be like, well, I gotta get away from all of the fucking out here. (laughs) And we get shots of him kind of journaling and praying and we get flashbacks to him taking communion and giving like a homily. He's super duper Catholic. Yeah, he's real religious. Yes. And he hears footsteps outside his door and hears the landlord's daughter kind of calling his name and then she goes into the room next door. And 
this is where we get a full naked song and dance scenario where she's like Uh, playing the bongos on the wall and dancing around naked and it's fucking hate hotels (laughs) it's intercut between her naked dancing and him like struggling to want to know about the naked dancing but like resisting the urge there's no way he knows that she's naked he just hears banging on the wall and he's resisting the urge to go yell at her (laughs) <laughs> no, I think he's because it does have him like listening at the door and, and her whole song is like, come on over, come on over, baby. But like not that. But it, but that it, page, it's that. Yes. But at one point they are like both straddling the wall across from each other. Like, yes. looking at just a painting super close. It's very strange. It is very, very strange. At one point he opens the door as if he's going to go out and check out what's going on and then closes it. Uh, and he's like profusely sweating. Yeah, he should have went over there because then he would have been the liquor man (laughs) yeah i'm into it i like this a lot yeah i watched it today page i have like six more of these (laughs) (laughs) by the way page face head in hand right now (laughs) how dare you talk about one of my favorite movies that way i'm kidding (laughs) i do really like this movie i think it's really fun but i am not above making fun of it it's more fun to talk about than to watch i don't know man if you lean into how terrible it is it's fun yeah it yeah, would be absolutely. more fun to watch with people if i had any in my life yeah that's true <laughs> if we had all been at your house eating wing stop and laughing at this oh movie that would have been very yeah fun. that would be fun yeah i'm into that not right now i'm just alone watching movies Anyway, (laughs) the song continues and she ends up like slapping her butt and the wall and says it's pretty fun. Yeah, it's all part of that new show with the Blue Balls group. (laughs) Oh, wow. Cool. Moving on. Uh, So (laughs) the next morning she comes in to wake him up because it's like after nine. And she's like, I thought you were going to come over and fuck me last night. And he was just like. No, I'm engaged and also a virgin because I'm super Catholic. And she's just like, fucking nerd. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, wait, aren't you 43 years old? And he was. When he filmed this movie, he was 43 years old. (laughs) Oh, okay. So stupid. Yeah. what, Bro, at that point, it's just awkward for everyone. <laughs> I, I will say people should be allowed to remain virgins as long as they want. Oh, and yeah, there shouldn't absolutely. be judgment about it. Yeah, uh, yeah but he's got to stop putting it on a pedestal. I don't think he is. I think he just made his choice and he's engaged to somebody who clearly doesn't mind. Yeah, so. sure. He's engaged. Yeah. I'm just going to quote 40 year old virgin the rest of the. Uh, <laughs> I will remind you that at the end of 40 year old virgin, he does wait until he is married. Yeah, yeah. because he doesn't get burned alive in a wicker man. <laughs> the wicker man made of action figures i just didn't realize that 40 year old virgin was pretty much the same movie as the wicker man (laughs) i just i just hated at the end of the movie where they're all just like singing like you fucking loser (laughs) (laughs) matt damon comes out like scotty doesn't know that he's burning alive and he's gonna die in the wicker man That's still my favorite use of music in any movie, which is sad for me personally. (laughs) I have had that song on my iPod since college because it still makes me laugh to listen to it, but it is also catchy as hell. It really is. I love that movie. It's so good. (laughs) Is Zero Trip a rom-com? It might be. Um, kind of. Well, he gets broken up with at the beginning of the movie, and then I think he kind of finds somebody. I looked it up. It's considered an American sex comedy. 
Which honestly yeah. sounds like someone from very Eastern Europe is trying to explain it to me. <laughs> yeah, Eurovision, a very uh, se- American sex comedy. American sex comedy. <laughs> sexual thriller. I think we're watching a Scottish sex comedy right now. Yes, and I'm into it. I just want you guys to picture that in between every scene that Paige is talking about, there is a 30-second musical interlude about corn and barley. Every yes. scene in between barley it, it's insane. Barley and corn, yes. By insane, you mean great. Oh, yeah. I mean, literally. It's like you take an elevator to the next scene. <laughs> but, but that elevator entirely made of barley and corn. Barley, barley, corn. <laughs> I love everything about that analogy because it's perfect. So the next day, he sees the young men of the the island having a May Day Maypole dance. Yeah. And they sing. It's kind of a cat that swallowed the fly kind of song, except it's... About mortality and rebirth. Yeah, essentially it's the tree to jizz to tree pipeline. And that's what the song is about. Sorry to be so scientific about it, but that's like <laughs> yeah, yeah, what yeah. it is, yeah. Yeah. That's gonna be the name of the scandal that takes me down when I'm a politician. Tree to jizz to tree gate. <laughs> I'm not a scientist, but I have done a lot of research, and it turns out that trees immediately relate to jizz, which then immediately relates to more trees. I don't need to get into the details and bore you but it's very scientific stuff <laughs> if you believe this song yes yeah well and, and i like how deep the song goes because it's like like the tree becomes lumber which becomes a bed which has a woman on it and a man on it and they fuck there's jizz yeah he grows up he dies on his grave there's another tree and it's the tree <laughs> to, to jizz to tree pipeline i just like that there's like furniture in the middle yeah it's amazing <laughs> Um, how could you not love this movie? Mikey? I don't know. I love this movie. Anyway, uh, so he walks past the Maypole towards the school where he sees the young girls in the class singing along. And then their teacher's like, great. Now tell us what the Maypole represents. And they're just like, dicks. And he's like, oh my God, what are you teaching? Them? This is what I call like the pearl clutching section of the movie because he is literally like in the doorway like, oh, what? Panessis's. <laughs> Panessis's. So he clutches his pearls and is like, why do they know about dicks? Uh, <laughs> so and dumb. she's just like, um, so we believe in more of a nature based earth religion. And he's just like, oh my God. Uh, and he like, Blows a head vein. He does show the picture of Rowan around. Everyone's like, we don't even know her. She doesn't even go here. Yeah. <laughs> and, what? But he's like, there's an empty desk, though. And it seems like everything here is pretty well planned out. So, like, whose desk is that? And they're like, nobody's. And they open it up and there's just a poor tortured bug in it. Yeah, <laughs> there is. And she's yeah. like, why are you doing this? And she's like, because it's cool or whatever. And he's like, you're the worst. Yeah, she's like, I like <laughs> killing things. And he's like, this can't turn out badly. How are you with assembling wicker structures? <laughs> anyway, uh, he checks the register for the school and he does find Rowan's name. And this is the point when the teacher pulls him aside and is like, yo, she dead though, but we don't talk about it because yeah. death is only the beginning as the mummy tells us. And so <laughs> have you never seen the Brendan Fraser classic, The Mummy? <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. 
I do. I, I like that movie. Is that a horror movie we could do for No Fucks November? Looking at you, listeners. I've brought it up and been nearly crucified in the Facebook group, so I won't tempt fate because I already have Terminator on my record. But, <laughs> you know, that and Jurassic Park. I'm just saying. I'm trying to look it up, but it just says it's an American film. It doesn't say at all what, <laughs> it doesn't say at all what genre it is. The Mummy. An American film. Yeah. <laughs> an American film that takes place entirely in Africa. <laughs> Oh my God, when you search the mummy genre, the first one that comes up is horror. Yeah, because it's a monster movie. Yeah, absolutely. It's too bad we didn't give you a pick on this month. I never get a pick on Horror Virgin. Yeah. Because if I did, we'd be watching like fucking The Mummy all the time. But the Tom Cruise version, because the horror is the movie itself. (laughs) How dare you you steal the gorgeousness of Brendan Fraser away from me? So he's like, do these children not know about Jesus? And she's just like, as a comparative religion, sure, but like, not really. And he's like, so where is Rowan buried? And she's like, in the cemetery. And he's like, in a churchyard? And she's like, it's not a church anymore. (laughs) It's a spirit Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) It was empty too long. If it's that time of year and it's an empty building, it becomes a spirit Halloween. That's their business model. Don't mind the fog machines. It's just vanilla and peach scent. (laughs) (laughs) it's either that or a music venue or a cocktail bar Mm. yeah or all three it's a spirit halloween that's a music venue and cocktail bar you just walk past the like mechanical things that hold candy it's like "Ah, but it's jello shots (laughs) (laughs) so fun hear me out a spirit halloween themed bar year round yeah where it's just like shopping at a spirit halloween drunk I want to shop at a Spirit Halloween drunk. You guys are all going on vacation. I know what I'm doing. Ubering to Spirit Halloween. (laughs) I want to like buy up churches and just reformat them into bars. I feel like that's funny. And just call it the church. See, my favorite thing is when people buy old McDonald's or Pizza Huts or IHOPs, like real distinctive buildings, and then make them into churches. That's my favorite. Where you're like, where do you go to church? The McDonald's. <laughs> I go to the IHOP International House of Prophecy. Uh, whenever we woke up late and went to get pancakes instead of going to church, my dad would call it worshiping IHOP Jesus. And then we would get there and he'd be like, pancakes. It's real, <laughs> real fun. God, every story about your dad makes me love him more. <laughs> So uh, we go to the cemetery where they are planting trees on all of the graves. One of the graves that he reads says Beach Buchanan protected by the ejaculation of serpents. (laughs) And I was just like, what, man, what? What? I want that on my gravestone. (laughs) Like, like, I don't know if that's an option still to just be like 1987 to 2000. 32 protected by the ejaculation of serpents we just got to get our hands on some serpent ejaculate uh mikey no well your card's right (laughs) (laughs) no no. it doesn't specify what kind of serpent that is true yeah the one thing i have plenty of is a serpent and free time (laughs) anyway he also sees a woman breastfeeding and holding an egg next to their altar that has a lot of their produce on it but Clearly, it was not a good harvest. Right. And he, like, knocks most of everything off the altar, which I was like, hey, dude, you could just walk away, but whatever. Uh, He knocks all their stuff off the altar and makes a wooden cross and lays it in its place. Yeah, he's terrible. Like, he is the worst. Well, like, this sounds terrible. 
I understand where he's coming from, but I think he's going about it the wrong way. I understand why he's upset and his sensibilities are upset and he maybe doesn't feel safe and feels very uncomfortable. But you could also just walk away. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he's really trying to impose his religion on people who are another religion. I would have got back on the plane and been like, you know what I think this island is? Maybe a cult. Maybe I need to go out and get help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yep. but he's he really is just trying to impose his religion on people who are not that religion. And it's sort of gross. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not going to burn somebody alive for it. Oh, I don't <laughs> think they should <laughs> murder him. I feel like they maybe overreact to that. Yeah. Todd, they didn't react to it. They lured him here to burn him. Yeah, yeah, they do lure him there to burn him alive. Sure, but he makes the choice to go. He makes the choice to stay. I don't, uh, and again, I'm not defending what they ultimately do to this guy. I'm just saying that he's being a real dick by being like, hey, you worship different than me, and that's weird. You're weird for believing different than me. Stop being weird, and (laughs) fuck him for thinking that. But he was kind of right, because they end up luring him there to murder him. They do end up murdering him. (laughs) tricky it's not at all tricky i mean i'm not justifying what they did to him but that sort of shit is gross to me he's being pretty extra yeah he's being a fucking bitch about his religion but so are they by burning him alive at the (laughs) end of the movie here's what i will say he is treating his personal beliefs as equal to the law i do think there are legal yeah he's like what are you pope police he should have been like, this school is in violation of code blah, 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 because this is run by tax dollars and they have a strict curriculum. I'm going back to the mainland. But it's private, so maybe it's not, you know. Oh, there's no private post office, okay? I mean, in America, no, but other places operate differently. Yeah, I don't know about Scott. I, I don't know if uh, the UK has religious laws like that. Within the story, it's a private island. So like... But they're still in Scotland, right? Yeah, they're in the west, on the west coast of Scotland. So I guess for the thought experiment of this, they would be required to follow Scottish law, right? Or the UK, I'd imagine, is what it probably is. Not sure. Yeah, I honestly, I'm not 100% sure where they were, especially in the 70s, but I know they're a part of the UK now, at least for now. Yeah, but I I think, you know, he could have walked around and been like, hey, you can't just be naked outside all the time. Right. (laughs) Like... Like, there are some laws that he could be like, hey, this is a problem, but he he doesn't do that. He really focuses it on like, well, where's the church? And it's like, you're a police officer. Uh, it should be like, keep it a little separate. You have legal precedent here. Go get back up. And he doesn't. He gets very caught up in the offense that he is taking yeah, and his own because of his sensibilities. Yeah. 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 So I'm not saying that I'm glad he died, but I didn't mind it so much at the end. I I will say that I think this is something that Hot Fuzz really improves on in their version where as opposed to being really, really tied to the religious aspect of it and making that his kind of be in his bonnet. Yes, they tie it to violence. Which is so much more fun to watch. Well, no, they tie it to being like a a meticulous paper pusher. Like he he is so tied to the penal code, he can't have fun. Yeah. And I think that would have served this equally well. Um, But then I don't think you get as much of the dichotomy at the end of why he is so horrified of what is happening to him. You know, I mean, it's horrifying that you're going to die anyway. But I think for him, there's an extra layer of not only am I going to die, I can't get my last rites and I'm dying in a ritual that I believe to be 
evil and will potentially impact my life after death. Well, and at the very least, useless. Because, I mean, say what you will, but he doesn't believe what they believe about the whole if he dies in a sacrifice, it's going to help the harvest. So, like, take all the God stuff out of it. From his viewpoint, like, he is dying a worthless death, really. A worthless, painful death. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, best case scenario, you inhale too much smoke and pass out before you actually start to burn alive. But that probably wouldn't happen. Yeah, well, and that's the case with the modern one, too, because there's not as much of a religious aspect in the modern one. Yeah. It's just Nick Cage yelling at people. Which I'm here for. That sounds great. I'm also here for that. Yeah. I'm telling you, there's a listener request. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> he does notice Rowan's tree and her umbilical cord is tied to it. Oof. Like they've preserved. Yeah her umbilical cord and tied it to the tree uh he goes back to the post office and is just like um so why didn't you tell me your daughter was dead and she's just like she's not dead like reincarnation she's a bunny now and he's like you're all fucking nuts (laughs) which i mean i would say is not untrue i i think i would get very frustrated with the double speak that happens in this movie a lot which is like well she's not dead you know she's a bunny now and it's like but she died, though. <laughs> like, to yeah, be clear. She died before she became a bunny, though, right? right. Legally. I, let's lay out the situation that happened here. Ma'am, you have an insurance policy on her. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would love to see, like, Allstate come back and be like, oh, yeah, we denied your insurance claim because they didn't die. They became a bunny. They became a bunny. Anyway, so he goes to try and find her death certificate. Yeah. And the lady in the death certificate office or whatever you want to call it, the registrar, whatever, yeah, uh, is just like, um, you're going to need approval from the Lord. And he's just like, how about I put you in prison? And she's just like, just kidding. Here's the book. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot that you're a police officer, I guess. Right. <laughs> I mean, you don't have handcuffs. Or a baton. Or He's a in gun. his uniform the whole time. You just shout scripture. You're like a hall monitor at a youth group for some reason. <laughs> he, he, he threatens to arrest people all the time, but he doesn't have the handcuffs or anything. And also, where would he take them? Back to his room? To the plane. In the, in the plane? Uh, I just wanted one person to be like, you'll have to catch me first. <laughs> like, and just run. Like, what you going to do, man? We do sort of see that play out when he's chasing the horseman in a dress. The hobby horse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so anyway, he finds out that the death records don't have any recent deaths, only deaths from a few generations back in which they mostly have biblical names. As we will find out, this used to be a, a Christian community and now it is something different. And so that's one of the kind of indications of the change that's happened. It seems like it was about three generations. Yes, I, my great grandfather, Ronald McMuffin, changed the religion of the island. <laughs> <laughs> McMuffin is, is my favorite fake clan. And I'm sure it's super offensive. Yeah. <laughs> but it is making me laugh a lot. Um, and I feel like you need to include it in In Oceaner. <laughs> that should be the clan he's from in In Oceaner. Oh, I'm from the clan, the lost clan of Scotland in Atlantis. McMuffin. <laughs> Which actually sort of works because muffin is sometimes slang for a vagina. So I feel like it works. I think it's ass. It's ass too. It's just slang for all sex. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. It's because muffins are fucking good. Yeah. Dude, really I, had good. A, I had a pumpkin muffin the other day oh, and it was amazing. God, that sounds so good. I need a muffin pan. <laughs> Go get a muffin pan. 
make yourself some muffins, and then just eat them while you watch Outlander and text me all of your thoughts because it's making me laugh quite a bit. Yeah. To try and explain time travel and things. Well, I was like, bitch, just like leave a note about Hitler. Like he's he just got out of World War II. <laughs> Where would you put it? <laughs> For whom? I like that you're treating knowledge about Hitler the same as like, hey, I ate the last slice of bread. Can you get more bread tomorrow? <laughs> and you're just like, but also watch out for this Austrian named Hitler. I would chisel things into stone tablets and put it in a place that doesn't get discovered until I know more in recent history. I mean, you should include this in your draft yeah. of an oceaner. Maybe, <laughs> maybe the valiant hero McMuffin can warn everyone about Hitler. This is your chance. Because, <laughs> like they start digging the channel and they just found tablets that are like 9-11 is going to happen. You guys <laughs> <laughs> How'd you get it down there? <laughs> just at the first part. Like they literally just take a shovel and it's just a stone wall of me rambling on and on. It's like my life's work. It starts out with like 9-11 is going to happen. Watch out for Hitler. And then it gets like towards the end, just like invest in Bitcoin. It's like shit like that. It's like way lower stakes. <laughs> Fry eggs in little circles so they fit on the English muffins. Man-made climate change is real. Invest in alternative energy. <laughs> Thank goodness. I love this idea. Anyway, so he goes to the photographer that took the May Day photos to ask if he has a copy. Of course he doesn't because that would, you know help i just love how there's like a specialty store in an island of 40 people he's like ah the photography shop it's me the photographer well he even says i'm actually a chemist but i do photography also but he also has a jar of foreskins like yeah he's a chemist uh, of course like he has to have a job like that's like a part of his job page he's clearly an apothecary like oh, he, yeah. he is clearly well don't they call the chemist isn't that like a pharmacist over there i do don't know. I think you are right. I've also heard them referred to as druggists, but I don't know if that's something they call them over there too. When I was overseas, there were differences between pharmacy the way we would think of pharmacy and they would think of pharmacy. Like in America, you've got two different kinds of pharmacies kind of where like you could go to an actual pharmacy where it's just getting prescriptions or you could go to like a CVS that would have like normal, like a convenience store, but also a pharmacy. And yeah. when I was in the UK, they were like completely completely separate uh but i mean again it has been 15 years god only knows what happened yeah i mean listen Paige, i was there four years ago and i have no idea not a clue anyway because he can't get any help from the guy with the jar of foreskins he decides to go out to <laughs> talk to lord well he was already <laughs> circumcised Paige. what could he trade to get help from this foreskin collector i mean he's got an umbilical cord i feel like those should be one-to-one -one trades right <laughs> I don't think the cop had an umbilical cord, did he? I don't know if he took it from the tree. He knew where one was. He knew where there was yeah. just a Lucy, a Lucy umbilical cord. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, he goes out to talk to Lord Summers Isle. And as he does, he passes a bunch of women dancing naked in a stone circle. They are wearing some like see-through leotards, by the way. Like whatever they've done to restore the film, you can really see it in this scene. Uh, Paige, all leotards are see-through if you have a great enough imagination. Or x-ray vision, <laughs> I guess. Anyway, they're dancing and jumping over the fire to hope for fertility. To actually become pregnant by the fire god. Not necessarily like fertility yeah. to have like a child with their partner or whatever, but like literally right. to get pregnant by the fire god, which I love. Right, to give birth to flaming Chester Cheetah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not easy being a demigod. 
<laughs> I really love Christopher Lee explaining that later on. It's like, would you want to have the kid of a god or would you rather have a kid from like some acne scarred loser or whatever he says yeah yeah and that's basically the next scene where he like yeah. runs into christopher lee and he's like you're lord summer's Isle. do you realize that there's a bunch of naked chicks jumping around a fire out there and he's like yeah it's yeah. dope right <laughs> right on <laughs> like he couldn't have been more enthusiastic without like <laughs> ripping off a shirt and swinging it above his head jersey shore style oh. <laughs> like he's he's just like dance yeah and then he explains that's why this was supposed to be the real fire festival <laughs> they all just like open up a container with a really sad cheese sandwich and they're like fire god <laughs> i feel like this is a lot more like burning man than the fire festival well they're jumping over that fire so that they can get that pallet of water <laughs> <laughs> that was a cool thing i mean not cool for anybody involved but like the documentaries were very entertaining yeah that documentary is wild and i did not expect it to go to like some guy talking about how he was afraid he was going to have to blow somebody for a pallet of water. I'm sorry, do you think that he didn't blow somebody for that pallet of water? He says he didn't, and I believe him. Cool. That's cool for you. <laughs> uh, uh, I chose violence. I, I think he fully did it, and he shouldn't be ashamed. That's a crazy story. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Lord Summer's Isle, Christopher Lee, goes into essentially how the island came to be what it is, where his grandfather was a horticulturist and specialized in kind of blending different types of fruits to create high Hybrids that would exist in this climate. Like broccoli flower. Yeah, like broccoli flower. Sure. Or pluots or those cotton candy grapes that are like $8 at the grocery store. <laughs> anyway, uh, in order to get the people who lived on the island to work for him and kind of follow his new ideas about growing things on the island, he kind of introduces the old religions again. And when everything blooms, because he's a talented horticulturist, they kind of just kept doing it. Right. They assumed that that's the reason it worked, right? Right. And then his father, after, kept it up just because he loved it. And then he was raised in it. So it's all he knows, yeah. pretty much. So he does allow Sergeant Howie to exhume Rowan. I think because he knows that there's nothing in that. He knows there's a rabbit in there. Like, the body's not in there. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fresh rabbit, too. Because it's probably been there since he got on the island. Right. But yeah, that's why, I mean, Christopher Guest even says, in response to the sergeant saying, well, you don't seem at all concerned. He's like... You mean Christopher Lee? Oh, I shit, I do yeah. like that you had Christopher <laughs> Guest on the mind because there was a stone circle right outside and you were just like, Stonehenge, Christopher Guest, yeah. yes. So yeah, Christopher Lee, like the sergeant says... To Christopher Lee, you don't at all seem concerned. And he's like, yeah, because you're not going to find anything. I'm not worried about it, you know? And that's why. I'm not concerned because you're a police officer without handcuffs or a baton <laughs> or a gun. You're a police officer that could be bested with a good slap to the face. So, yeah, I'm yeah. not concerned. Later on, you just give up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to spoil this movie for you But you give up fully in this movie You don't even fully fight a guy And just fully let yourself be murdered And yep. I'm not victim blaming <laughs> Just saying you could have thrown a punch So we cut to He exhumes Rowan's body And it's just a dead rabbit So he comes back to Lord Summer's Isle's house Where the teacher from before is on his rug Just kind of like lounging with a glass of wine Singing dirty folk songs Yeah And he just like throws the rabbit And he's like what the fuck is this And they're just like that's Rowan She loved rabbits I don't know what you're talking about And he's like this is ridiculous. Like, you're crazy. Where is she? I'm going to search every house. And they're like, well, fine. You're the detective. Like, do you your job, not, I, guess. I mean, you do you, baby. Whatever. I don't give a shit. I'm going to go back to my folk play, uh -huh. mm. which is, you know, when you're singing folk music is foreplay. <laughs> hmm. 
And so he's like, well, I'm going back to the mainland tomorrow to report and bring back up. And they're like, fine, go, whatever. At what point, if you were a police officer, would you have left this island? Well, okay. I think his big mistake here is telling them he was going to leave the island. Because Uh, I think they then go to disable the plane right now. How does he not, in the first 20 minutes, figure out, like, oh, this whole island's a cult or something bad has happened and I am isolated and alone. I need to get out of here. Controversial opinion. I think they sabotage his plane the first night. Oh, I mean, they might. I mean, we don't know either way. So you may very well be right. But, Mikey, mm-hmm. to your point, he should have left a long time ago. Yeah. He could have took a dinghy or, like, just, like, rode out. Like, like. I don't know about you, Mikey, but I take my dinghy with me wherever I go. Mm-hmm. Swinging dinghy. I'm very attached to it. <laughs> I think I would have left as soon as I found the school register. That's what I'm thinking. I would have left the school and been like, hey, I'm going to go. I left something on the plane. I think it was my handcuffs. I'm going to go get on that. (laughs) We got to nuke it from orbit. It's the only way to be sure. (laughs) Anyway, they're like, hey, it's probably best if you leave because we're going to fuck tomorrow and you're going to hate it because you're a total square. He's like, oh, I won't stay. That sounds terrible. I would hate to watch that from my hotel room. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Mikey, if someone told you that, would you stay for the day? Probably not because it probably is a situation where I'm about to get murdered. That's true. I mean, a lot of hot women are like, hey, why don't you hang out with us? You're going to get murdered. Yeah, I'd be like, oh, shit. I mean, I got invited to an orgy one time and I was like, no, thank you. I'm not buying any STDs today. And then the guy who invited me was like, your loss. I'm going to Benihana. And I was like, was that where the orgy went? Wait a second. Is an orgy not what I think it is? Because like if it's if an orgy is just Benihana, I am down. Yeah, no, that was the thing. I I think Benihana was the precursor. And he, like, here's the thing. Whoa, why would you eat Benihana before? No, everybody would just be burping Chinese food. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, Japanese food. I'm sorry, that was very bad. Hibachi though does stuff to my digestive system that I love. Mm. I love hibachi food, but I am not. I repeat, not having sex after a hibachi jade. I didn't want to have sex with this person anyway. Like, it was not a person I knew or had that kind of relationship with. It was just a dude that thought I was cute because he saw me via a mutual friend and was just like, I'm going to lead with the strongest swing ever. (laughs) And I was just like, I would say an initial reach out inviting you to an orgy is the strongest swing I've ever heard of. Yeah, it was nuts. Hey, do you want to fuck me and nine of my friends? Yeah. That's like sort of Todd's approach to a high school date, but a very aggressive version (laughs) of that. Yeah, well, it's just like, hey, I know this is Facebook Messenger, and we're not what? technically friends. He did this on Facebook? <laughs> yeah, he Hell did. Yeah. This was years ago, and I posted it, like, with his name blocked out, but apparently, like, I left enough of the profile picture, and, like, two other girls I knew were like, I have slept with this person. And I was like, what is happening? And then they had, like, crazy stories about it. I will tell you when we are done recording. Were they like, I have slept with this person, you should too, or I have slept with this person, run, run, run? No, no, no. It was run, run, run. It it was like, I can't believe this guy is still around. How did he find you? And I was just like, (laughs) he knows this other person. And then I talked to that other person. They're like, oh, he's a creep. And I'm like, I mean, you already knew he was a creep. Yeah. Anyway, so he breaks into the photographer's store. He finds the photo of Rowan from the Harvest Festival and notices that the crops are failed. And he thinks they're going to sacrifice sacrifice Rowan the next day. Right. See, I would have been rowing that ding- rowing that dinghy <laughs> that all the way dinghy. back to the mainland. Same. Absolutely I would have. He goes to the library to kind of research what could happen that day and he reads about May Day festivals, so he reads about the hobby horse and Punch the Fool who's king for a day 
and uh, the local kind of priest character that has like multiple genders uh the six swordsmen and that it usually ends in a sacrifice and he's like oh god no costumes and blood and so (laughs) he freaks out so he goes to the plane and it won't start and so he has to come back and so he decides that he's going to search every house to try and find rowan and as he does he sees the hobby horse kind of running through the town. I love this scene because it is like just so many situations where the hobby horse is like biting at the air to make that click sound. And he's like, where is it? Where is it? And he's like running around trying to find it. Holy shit. How to get horsed. How to get horsed. Yeah. (laughs) It's so funny to me because it really is just like a dude in like what would be like a circus tent like and like, yeah, like a hoop skirt yeah yeah but like up to its head right yeah, yeah yeah but anyway and like the horse head sticking out of it it's so wild mm-hmm. it is so bonkers i'm i love this movie so much <laughs> and so he kind of follows the hobby horse to their meeting where they're like hey we're going to reassemble at town hall at 3 p.m everyone get your costumes and we'll go down to the beach beneath the stone circle and we will do our offerings yeah, yeah we've all been to mardi gras page you don't have to like lay it out like that <laughs> i have never been to mardi gras i mean it's i haven't so either but i've been to new orleans I have been to a Mardi Gras or two, and it is. Oh, have you? Was it fun? It was fun. I was young. I don't think I would do it now because I don't like people as much. Yeah, I wouldn't go now either. But but when you're young and you like people, it's super fun. Yeah, All I right. can see that. So he goes to the post office and is just like, I know that Rowan is alive somewhere and I'm going to search every house. And she's just like, fucking whatever. I don't give a shit. <laughs> and he keeps seeing people in animal masks. So he's like searching through the house. He keeps finding dolls and masks, but no sign of Rowan. He even finds a girl pretending to be dead. Uh, and he <laughs> even goes to a ship <laughs> off the harbor. I'm sorry. I loved the girl who pretended to be dead. That was so fucking she was funny. hysterical. And I love that he like the girls looking out the window are like, what are you doing? He's like, take the mask off. And he like will not like talk to them until they take the masks off. I thought that was very funny. It was very, very funny. Yeah. So he goes to a bakery and is just like, what's this coffin in the oven? And they're like, it's John Barleycorn, the giant bread coffin. <laughs> it's like, And you get to kind of see like some of the costumes, like the guy is the salmon of knowledge and stuff. <laughs> yeah. As he's just like, oh, where's the child? And they're just like, but here's my costume. I am a cow. <laughs> so he does find a bunch of coffins and they're all empty except for one, which is an old lady who's missing a hand, but she has coins on her eyes for the ferryman, which was really interesting. Yeah. He essentially ends up going to take a nap <laughs> at, at the tavern, which I think is really interesting that he's just like, I know something is afoot and a little girl could get murdered. I'm going to go sleep this cult off. Real I am quick. lit tired. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he drinks a glass of whiskey, one shot. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then goes to bed. But he leaves the door open, which I'm like, haven't you learned? (laughs) Like, she can't be trusted. She's going to bang on all them walls. Anyway, so he's asleep. And we see kind of out of frame, they're lighting something. And they're like, this will make him sleep for days. And they leave. And he opens up his eyes. And it's just like a hand on fire. Yeah, it's a hand where the nails are candle wicks. (laughs) It's a handle. Oh, shit, Paige. That's hilarious. Sorry. Uh, (laughs) It's a hand cancel. (laughs) Anyway, he knocks it down and sneaks up on the landlord who is putting on his punch costume, steals the costume. He joins the procession 
And Lord Summer's Isle is like, dance, asshole. You are bringing, yeah. the, like, you are harshing our Mayday buzz. Punch. He's not a very good parade. Uh, what's those guys called? Master Ceremonies? Master Ceremonies. He's like, y'all are dancing good enough. You're not maying it well enough. I dance was like, wow. harder. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, at one point, the girls of the village have like giant wooden tweezers and they're just like pinching at him as he's trying to run away and hit them on the butt with his wand. That was so funny. Just them like trying to like, they're like trying to pinch his butt with like these like yeah. three foot little wood graspers. <laughs> like giant wood, yeah. like toast tongs. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Trying to get that bread. I loved it. Get them loaves. <laughs> Let me squeeze them loaves. But in the McMuffin clan, they're English muffins. <laughs> Aye, but sometimes they got to fight with their rivals. The McFlurries. <laughs> They're from way up north. It's real cold up there. <laughs> By the time he finishes, he'll be doing the accent and everything, but it'll just be like the mighty McNugget clan. <laughs> uh, I finally returned to save you for the McRib is back. <laughs> Is In Oceaner just a giant McDonald's commercial? It's a McDonald's cosplay. <laughs> and I'm loving it. This is McDonald's fan fiction. The Hamburglar. <laughs> Mayor McCheese, let my wife go. You may take off fries. <laughs> But you'll never, <laughs> you'll never take our freedom. Oh, I again, I just want to apologize to everyone from either the high or the lowlands in Scotland. We must consult with the wise Grummis in the swamp. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they get to the stone circle and this is where they do the sword dance where they form the swords into a star and you have to like pop your head up yeah. into it yeah. and then they can slice or not slice and... They force Punch to go through and they do like a fake head cutting and it's like, ah, this is all for show. And for a hot second, you're like, maybe they're not going to kill somebody. But then they walk down the beach. <laughs> I love that. Like, I love that um, Christopher Lee is like, you have to do it. It's a game of chance or whatever. And yeah. I was like, it's fully not a game of chance. <laughs> like, they, choose. they choose who they're going to behead. Like, that is not a game of chance. So they walk down to the beach where they sacrifice like like barrels of ale into the ocean. Which oh, I don't even drink. And I was like, what a waste. Yeah. yeah. Then he announces that they're going to do a more dreadful sacrifice. And we look up toward the cliffs where there's a cave and it's Rowan and she's tied up. So he, uh, the sergeant, dressed as Punch, runs to her and they take off through the cave. She leads him down an escape route to the other side. They climb up through the top and out onto a field where the townspeople are waiting for them because <laughs> Rowan has also been in on it the whole time. I love that when they get up there, he's like, what is happening? And then Rowan says something like, did I do it right? Did I do a good job? And Christopher Lee yep. is like, yes, you did amazing. And then mm -hmm. he's like, oh, I'm fucked. I am yeah. fully done. This whole thing was to fuck me. I'm dead. Shit. I would have murdered Rowan right there. Oh, I would have punched everyone in the face. You snapped your neck and been like, who else's children die tonight? <laughs> Holy shit. Jeez. I love that it was Jeez. who else's children die tonight. Not them. <laughs> you want to kill their children, Mikey. Yeah, nothing can stem the rage of Clan McMuffin. <laughs> <laughs> Clan McMuffin takes another. I 
I just want to see a horror movie where like it's like this, where like a town's evil, they're trapping people or something, but the person who comes in is like a drifter who's like totally unhinged completely and just starts murdering everyone, and then they're like, Oh, maybe this was not a great idea. Yeah, maybe this was a terrible <laughs> like idea. Like Nicolas Cage, but with a gun. <laughs> yeah. I saw I saw that movie where he uh fights the animatronic things and it's kind of has a concept like that but it's like like he's like a drifter who's like very unhinged but he just kills the animatronics but i want like a scary like hannibal lecter is wandering around and then like this town tries to kill hannibal lecter so it's like if this guy was hannibal lecter yeah <laughs> and he's like you're trapped on this island with, with me, me. Yeah. <laughs> 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 like that's the movie I want. Those are the movies I want. Honestly, Mikey, I would love that turn. Right? That would be amazing. Let's make that movie. Let's. And we'll call it The Wicker Plan. <laughs> <laughs> so they let him know that like she's not the sacrifice. Surprise, it's you. It's like a shitty surprise birthday party. Yeah. Yeah, and and they tell him that it's because he came of his own free will with the power of a king because he's coming from a place that is covered by the monarchy and he was the fool he was punched the fool who pledged to be king for the for a day and he's a virgin yeah so it was all a setup they specifically tried to get him there they wrote the letter the whole thing if all of that was true right and right like you realized oh you're you have to be a virgin i would be like lying about having sex if i was truly a virgin i'd be like oh no i've <laughs> totally had sex but no yeah, i mean at summer camp yeah she was from canada yeah <laughs> she was great it was like it was dry and it was like it was like sandpaper and uh, the boobs were great. You wouldn't know her if she's from a different <laughs> island. It's Ellen McGriddle. <laughs> <laughs> they only serve breakfast on that island, but like it tastes real sweet. Oh, God. Those McChicken McGriddles are fucking delicious, man. They really are, dude. They're so good. Yeah. Anyway, uh, they're like, so your death will, you, you'll basically die and be reborn, but you'll be reborn as our crops. And he's just like, I'm a Christian. I don't believe in that. Uh, so even if you kill me now, I'll live again based on what I believe. Uh, and fuck your apple. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, yeah, sure, whatever. Uh, so they cut him out of the costume and they prep him for the sacrifice. So they've got like girls like rubbing their hair on him and like putting paint on his face and putting him in these like white robes yeah and they carry him up the hill and he you're right he doesn't really fight he's like, back <laughs> he's like you'll feel guilty about this jesus is watching and i've been like yeah. bro stomp on a toe murder a child something <laughs> i know like they're on a cliff push someone off the cliff like do something to like defend yourself because you's about to die like if yeah. you push me far enough like i'll break like, I'd be like, I'll, like, lock your children in a wicker man and burn them up. Like, I'd be like, watch your sacrifice now! And then eat an apple. I do love in this moment of extreme haste, your plan is to make a rival wicker man steal a child and put them in it and then set it on fire. Yeah, I'm sure those kinds of sculptures take forever, but are usually burned. No, 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 yeah. no. If you bite the neck of the person who is dragging you up to the wicker man enough where he bleeds out and you're covered in blood and you're just screaming and they're freaking out and then you grab a child they'll probably scatter some and you throw that kid in the wicker person and light it oh yeah you use their wicker person i like how we're being non-gender specific on that kind of wicker thing that's up there well i saw the downstairs of that wicker person it looked like a barbie or a gi joe there's nothing it's down full there. of livestock yeah yeah i mean i did see a cock or two 
in that wicker man. I'm just going to say it. Like, they definitely did have a cock. It could still be any gender. I mean, that's know. true. They load him into the wicker man, and he basically preaches from it as they burn him alive. He then retreats into the wicker man, prays his- He doesn't even try to rock it or anything. He no. just is like, I guess I'll no. die. It's wood! You could, like, break through that. It wasn't even, like, super thick wood. Like you, It's I wicker. Would, I w- wicker is the weakest wood. <laughs> I would literally be kicking the shit out of that door. I mean, what they don't realize is it was designed by a very, very famous Irish wicker architect, Patio Furniture. <laughs> patio Furniture! <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Is that where Patio got their start? <laughs> <laughs> God Sorry, I made a Mikey joke. And honestly, <laughs> we're better for it. Like the podcast is better for it. The community's oh. better for it. I love it. Oh my God. So anyway, he basically prays his own last rites. Yeah, which you would do in that situation. I would have prayed the last rites and I'd be like, that was for you. And then broken out of the wicker and came for them. <laughs> it is I, patio furniture, <laughs> here to get revenge. <laughs> the power of Christ compels you to die. I would have literally been kicking all of them in their McNuggets. <laughs> Don't disrespect Clan McNuggets. <laughs> yeah, Clan Mc- we have a proud history. <laughs> I want to see each McDonald's-based Scottish clan's tartans. So, like, if you oh, make yes. tartans, I want to see, like, the McFlurry tartan, the McMuffin tartan, the McNugget tartan, oh, all God, of that. McGriddle. Oh. oh, yeah. Well, I mean... McDonald is an actual Scottish last name, so they have like a McDonald tartan, but like, I don't know if there's a McNugget one. Like, I think, yeah, we'd have to make those up. Yeah, we'd have, I mean, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) Anyway. And And that's that's the movie. movie. So having seen the movie, having talked about the movie, what do you guys think about the 1973 musical porn, The Wicker Man? (laughs) Love it. Love it. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, Instant classic. I liked the episode about it. I loved it. I thought it was a very nice level of terrible that it was very palatable. Like, this is a full-on horror comedy to me. Yeah. It is what I wanted Midsommar to be. Uh, that's fair, yeah. I would say. I did enjoy it. I enjoy. I would have enjoyed it with people. Like, everything in my life lately. <laughs> but, like, if I was over there and we were just, like, shooting the shit, making fun of it together, that would have been a lot of fun. I really do yeah. miss the days when we would watch the movies together, Mikey. Some Sometimes I miss those days. Well, I'll try not to take offense to that. <laughs> so, Mikey, but you didn't like it very much? No, I like talking about it. I didn't like it as much. I mean, I don't like a lot of the movies I watch. Shit, this makes me sound terrible. I hate my life. I'm sorry. I'm out. <laughs> I've got Mick, I've got Mick depression. <laughs> it's called McPression, Mikey. Please. And that's really just when you eat yourself into a stupor of sadness while sitting in your car after driving through the McDonald's drive-thru. Speaking of which, Uber Eats is almost here. Yeah. (laughs) Wait, did you already order Uber Eats, Mikey? Yeah. What did you order? I got a quesadilla and poutine. Poutine? Poutine. It's poutine, but it smells like fish. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we've got to hurry up. Hit me with those fun facts. Hit us with your fun facts. Occult fun fun facts. facts. (laughs) 
the script for this movie is actually loosely based on a 1967 novel called Ritual. And the author of the book actually wrote it as a script treatment for a different director, but then adapted it into a novel after that director declined the project. So when Anthony Schaffer, who was the screenwriter for The Wicker Man, kind of got interested in it, along with Peter Snell and then actor Christopher Lee, who literally was attached from day one to help this movie get made, they kind of acquire the rights to the story but then decide that it's not quite what they want. And so they take elements of it and then create a new script around it, along with another book called The Golden Baw. Bow? Baw? How's it spelled? B-O-U-G-H. Bow? I've only read that word. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm trying to think of like, how do we like sing it for Christmas and my brain is mush. When the bow breaks. Yeah, bow breaks, right? Yeah. But that's by a man named James George Frazier, who basically his book is also an inspiration as well. Uh, but then they really were influenced by an, a 1676 engraving, like an old engraving depicting a giant humanoid cage-like figure with compartments full of offerings. And it's called the Wicker Image. Okay. It's kind of creepy. That is yeah. very creepy. That's way creepier than this whole movie is. Yeah. So I've got an image. So that's the image. Oh, that's wild. Isn't that crazy? That is so cool. Yeah, it literally looks like almost exactly what the Wicker Man is in this movie, except the head is like really well done. Yeah, the head yes. of a dandy. Yeah. So as I mentioned, Christopher Lee considers this one of his best films. Yeah, it's so do one I. of his favorites. Yeah. And he had been typecast for years in Hammer Horror Films as Dracula. And he was looking for other roles to try and like, hey, I can play other things that are not Dracula. And he knew Schaefer, Anthony Schaefer, Schaffer, the screenwriter. Yeah. And so he basically like was like, whatever your idea is, just let me be in it. Like, I will do it. Don't worry about it. And he thinks it's one of the best performances he's ever given. And he liked it so much and believed in it so much and wanted to get away from Dracula so much that he agreed to play the role for free. So really? he was not paid for his work in this role. Wow. And he not only was in the movie, helped develop it to get it made. So That's wild. That's Good for him, though. And I do think his performance is super solid. He's great at yeah. it. I love it. Yeah. I mean, so let's, okay. <laughs> Christopher Lee? How dare you? Like, But like, what does he go on to do? Like, nothing. Honestly, Christopher <laughs> Lee has an amazing life. He was like the real life James Bond. He was in a death metal band. He was Sauron. He was in a death metal band in his 90s, yeah. by the way. Dude is a <laughs> legit badass. So let's talk about the landlord's daughter. I love how Mikey is now currently eating a quesadilla. So she is a Swedish actress. Her name was Britt Eklund. Yeah, she's in a lot of movies like this where she's yes. naked a lot. Yeah, uh, she was in The Night They Raided Minsky's and Get Carter before appearing in this. And she agreed to appear topless in Wicker Man, but refused to let them show her butt on screen. I don't know why. Okay. I feel like I would go butt before boobs, but that's just me. Sure. Whatever. So they actually hired two different body doubles. One was an exotic dancer and the other was an 18 year old extra. And it's multiple different people in those scenes. Oh, yeah. To stand in for her butt. But her nudity in the movie still causes trouble. It causes the film to be banned in a couple different countries. But it also really angered one of her future boyfriends, rock star Rod Stewart, oh, who God. was so upset by the idea 
that other people could see her naked whenever they wanted, that he tried to buy up all of the film's negatives and destroy them so no one could ever watch the film again. But what an annoying, super healthy, creepy, yeah, right? douche of a boyfriend. Here's what else is crazy about she it. She was like, it's all in the cloud anyway. she could speak english very well even though she was swedish but they wanted her to do a scottish accent and she just could not do it so every single piece of dialogue or singing in this film is 80 yard for her wow yeah by a woman named annie ross and they didn't tell her about it until the movie came out it's a full-on singing in the rain scenario wow Um, and it's because she couldn't pull off the Scottish accent. Yeah. That is wild. There were some scenes where I thought it was just 80 yard, but I've honestly never heard her voice. This is the first movie I've seen with her in it. Yeah. So I thought it was just her 80 yard. Yep. That's wild. So, okay. Yeah. After the production of the film was completed, the director cut a 99 minute version of the film based on the original script. The version we watch today is the closest you can get to that 99 minute cut. But even that's like 88 minutes, I think. It's 95. Five minutes is the final cut. The one that we have today. Where did you watch it? I watched it on Amazon. Okay. Uh, EMI Films, who bought British Lion Films. That's why I told you to remember it from the beginning. Yeah. Okay. Um, so a company buys out the production company that made this film. And the guy who bought it hated this movie. In fact, the merger was happening while the movie was still being made. And they hated the movie so much that they rushed production at the end to try and finish it before they could pull their funding. And that's going to come in in a little bit in fun facts later. But so this movie is widely hated at the production company level. Yeah. And so in 1976, three years after they finished this movie, the director tries to reassemble his footage after the production company had cut it. They had cut it down to 87 minutes. So they had cut huge sections of the movie out. And so he tries to reassemble it and he can't get the original negatives and they won't tell him why. So what he was able to do was pull in some full cuts he had sent to friends before it had gone to the production company. One of those friends was Roger Corman, a famous horror director in his own right. Very B-movie classic you know, drive in uh-huh, nonsense uh-huh. horror. Yeah. And with the cut that he had given Roger Corman, he's able to put together a 95 minute version known as the director's cut. That's what becomes known as kind of the final cut all the way up until 2001, in which case they are able to find a copy of the original print in Harvard's film archives. And he is able to cut together the closest he's been able to come to that original 99-minute cut. Uh, And that's the cut that we got in 2013, so that's the cut that's widely seen now. The cut on Amazon's 88 minutes. I just looked it up. Oh, weird. It's an I wonder hour what we and 28 missed. minutes, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So there is a longer cut out there, I guess. I'm not sure exactly what's in it. I probably have seen it, because I've seen the movie many times in, like, in theaters and stuff, so like I've probably seen that final cut, but I don't remember where those extra minutes really are. Yeah. Now, there's a reason he wasn't able to get his original film negatives because the production company that had bought the movie that hated the movie uh, were trying to get rid of excess film reels and try and make some money off of them. So they sold them to the British government who used them to fill up a section of construction in Britain's M3 highway. Wait, what? Yes. They so used the like, film to fill up construction? Yes. So they're building a highway. Right. And they have like a landfill that they're like they need to fill in. And so they put a ton of film canisters down there because they're like metal canisters. Yeah. And yeah, stuff. yeah. 
And so, and you can apparently actually see part of them from a certain vantage point in the landfill. Huh. But that's where they believe the original Wicker Man footage is, is under the So M3. it just got thrown away. It just got thrown away. Uh, there's 368 canisters of film that are thought to have been used as construction filler uh, under the M3. And that's they think that that's wild. where it is. Yeah. Uh, now, it was actually theatrically originally released as a double feature with the re-release of Don't Look Now. If you're familiar with Don't Look Now, also a huge Edgar Wright favorite, also plays into Hot Fuzz a lot. He probably saw it as a double feature when he was younger. Yeah. But this plays as the B movie to Don't Look Now. But it's playing in the 70s when A and B movies were not as common at the time. And so it really doesn't make a ton of money and it doesn't really have a resurgence until much later. So this film has kind of a, a weird history. Yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit in box office, but there's not a whole lot of box office for this one. Yeah, for sure. Uh, nearly all the songs are based on traditional folk tunes. We kind of covered that. Yeah. Edward Woodward, who plays Sergeant Howie, his stunned look at the end of the movie is actually genuine because... They managed to hide the Wicker Man from him. He didn't get to see it until the cameras were rolling. Really? How did they do? That's a because that's a huge Wicker Man. Well, and in part, it's because they were rushing production, and so he was off filming other things. And then sure. they literally were like, "Okay, we got we got to do Wicker Man right there. It's right there." <laughs> he didn't even have time to learn his lines, and they didn't have anywhere where they could put up cue cards. So what they did is they wrote his lines on sheets and hung them from the cliffs around the Wicker Man. Oh my ah. God, that's amazing. <laughs> so they're on like bed sheets. But that's also why as he's being dragged, he's just like, oh God, oh Christ. Because that's literally, he's like, I don't know my lines. Yeah. That's all I can read from this vantage point. <laughs> um, the goat that is inside the Wicker Man was also pretty upset about it. Yeah. And peed all over him and the crew Inside the Wicker Man. Yeah, they deserve that. They put him in a yeah. burning Wicker Man. Yes. And because they were on such a tight schedule and they had no money for special effects, they had no choice in the movie but to light the actual Wicker Man and then put it out in time to get people out of it. So they <laughs> lit it with animals and people inside. They Holy said everyone is safe. Shit. No one actually got injured or anything because they were far enough away from the actual flames. Um, but they like shot the pieces with them inside, shot it lit, pulled everyone out, and then lit it again and just let it, like, burn to the ground. That is amazing. That's nuts. Like, that is so dangerous. It's crazy. But uh, no one was harmed. Everyone was safe. Everyone's fine. And the fine. animals were safe, too? The animals were safe, too. They said no animals were harmed while filming the scene. That's amazing. Okay, good. Yep. Uh, the production company executive wanted a more upbeat ending in which Sergeant Howie escapes, essentially. Yeah. So he suggested that a torrential rain put out the Wicker Man, and they're like, first of all, <laughs> no. Sec <laughs> Secondly, we don't have money for fake rain. <laughs> like, we barely have enough money to finish this movie. Yeah. Uh, and so they refused. But because they refused, they their funding literally got cut off. And so they were just like, finish what we got yep. and burn it. Uh, so with all of this, the movie is kind of a cult classic. It is beloved uh, and it has kind of an interesting story behind it. So much so that the place where they filmed the movie, they actually have a Wicker Man festival. It's been held every summer since 2001 in Dumfries and Galloway. Uh basically near where the film was shot. Yeah. It was canceled in 2016 
do the death of its co-founder, but then was back the next year. So there you go. If you want to go to a Wicker Man festival, now you know where it is. Cool. And those are your fun facts. Well, thank you for those fun facts. Thank you. Let's talk uh, really quickly about box office. So what do you think the production budget for The Wicker Man was? And we're going to do this in pounds because it was a UK movie. 250,000 pounds. Okay. I'm going to say 100,000 pounds. It was actually 500,000 pounds. Okay. Okay. Uh, And I don't have like a breakdown of week to week at box office because it just doesn't track back that far. But what do you think it made total in the box office? I think this is going to be hard to gauge because of how it was released. (laughs) Three million dollars? No, not even. I'm going to say I'm going to say this is lucky to make. A hundred thousand pounds. Yeah, I made seventy six thousand pounds. Yeah, this did terribly in the theaters, and I think it's because it's terrible. Yeah, it's a really bad movie. It's it's a horror comedy now because we look back <laughs> yeah. on it and laugh. I wonder if they released it thinking like, oh, this is a serious piece and people are going to really get into it. No, it's not that they dumped it. Like, and the the cinema system was different than that it is now. Oh yeah. Um, where they did the thing that a lot of people do now where they dump bad movies during awards season because they know that they're not up for contention and no one's going to see them. This, they really, they don't advertise it at all. It gets no marketing budget. They literally just dump it on the back half of a re-release of Don't Look Now. So like it gets nothing. It gets shown almost nowhere. And it's honestly one of those things that gets unearthed by film nerds later. Yeah. So. Well, that's your box office. So, Mike, you want to hit him with that scary scale? Yeah. There'll be tons of surprises today on the scary scale. Yeah. Uh, scary scale is a scale of one to ten. How scary we found the film today. Uh, not a scale of quality. One example is Ghostbusters. Ten example is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, do we need to do this, or do we want me to just say ones all around? I'll go first. Uh, hard ten. No, I'm kidding. Uh, one. Uh, it's gonna yeah. be a one for me. It's a one for me, dog. It is also a one for me, and that's it. That's our scary scale. Yeah. Yay. So this week, Paige made us watch The Wicker Man. Mikey, what is your No Fox November pick? This is something I have wanted to watch for a while. I've never seen it, so I have no idea. But it's the Escape Room horror movie <laughs> called oh, Escape Room. <laughs> And it has a sequel called Escape Room Tournament of Champions. And that's really Mm. a franchise I want to unpack together. (laughs) Okay. All right. So, okay. I don't see how it would fit into another theme because I think it literally is. They trap people into rooms and they have to escape like an escape room. Mm. And the sequel is people who've won all get together and have to do it because I saw the trailer. Squid Game style. Yeah. So I'm kind of interested in it. Yeah. So, but for clarity, we are watching the first Escape Room. It came out in 2019 about six strangers who get stuck in a deadly, mysterious room of escapism. Okay. (laughs) I don't know. I have nothing. I don't know anything about it. I'm just guessing. I was going to pick like a really weird Mikey movie or something, but like. You tried to get us to do Blood Diner. Blood Diner is something we will do. Uh, I think. It'll fit into many themes. This movie, I just don't know. I don't know how it would fit into anywhere. Uh, I mean, it would fit into any movie that we're like, uh, let's do a movie that's like uh, Saw, but like not as good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't uh, know. It'll We've fit never anywhere seen it. where you can like reach the pieces of the puzzle and then wave the black light over it and then you put the key in, but then you got to do the magnet, you know. What if that's, that's in there? <laughs> None of us have seen it. This could be good. It could None be bad. They made a sequel, so the box office had to be good. Yeah, I bet it made money. I'm still debating what we should do for the coin toss if I win the coin toss because there's a part of me that just wants to do malignant. 
I would totally do Malignant. I mean, people are talking about it. So your homework for next week is to watch Escape Room, the 2019 huge hit. Like it was like it and Escape Room, like back to back. Uh, Mikey, I don't want to, I don't want to burst any bubbles about your your hit claim that you just made. Uh-huh. But uh, I've done some really quick looks at how it did in theaters. And it did really well, Mikey. It did really well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It did real well. Uh, so you might be onto something. So that's the thing. It's like, I saw the sequel and I was like, why would they make a sequel out of a terrible movie that no one saw? And then I was like, did people see this? I can answer that. Yes, they did. So guys, watch Escape Room for next week. Hey, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? Yeah. Uh, hold on. I'll read one. I don't have one. Well, of course not. So while you're looking one up, let me tell them how they can have their review run the podcast. And that is to leave us a five-star text review. And we'll have Mikey read it too. So, Mikey, whose review are you going to read this week? I'm going to read the review of Sarah Smokes Cigars. All right. Well, what does Sarah Smokes Cigars have to say? Fabulously entertaining. And I can't read the rest of the title, but it says something else. But it's, it's you know, positive. Uh, Todd, Page, and Mikey make me feel like I'm there with them. I've listened to all the episodes, even though I haven't watched all the movies. Yeah, I mean, I don't really think you need to watch all the movies. Definitely enjoy this trio best. Oh, that's great. It's very kind. Uh, I often have questions after watching movies and listening to this podcast helps me sort through my feelings and questions. (laughs) I often have questions after listening to some of these episodes back. That's why I don't listen. (laughs) Plus, they are funny and make me laugh in the process. Also, Romancing the Pod rocks. Thanks, friends. Five stars. Well, thank you so much for checking out both of the pods. And for such a wonderful review. Enjoy your cigars, Sarah. So, guys, if you like this show but want to hear this power thruple on another movie review show about romance and romantic comedies, check out Romancing the Pod, where Mikey, Paige, and I break down and make fun of romantic movies. It's a lot of fun, guys. Check it out. If you want to follow us on social, please do. We are at Horror Virgin or online at HorrorVirgin.com. If you want to follow us all individually, you can do that as well. Paige is at Paige Wesley on Twitter or Rampage Wesley everywhere else, including Tim. TikTok. Mikey is at M Randolph 24 and I am at Todd J awesome. If you like the show so much and you want to help financially support it, please do by going to patreon.com slash horror virgin where you can get a lot of great levels and a lot of great stuff like bonus episodes, director's cut episodes where they're a little bit longer and you get them actually a day earlier mm-hmm, than the mm-hmm. regular feed drop. We do a lot of great things like listener requests and stuff like that. So guys check out yeah. the Patreon and help support the show. If you can't financially support the show, that's understandable. That's fine. But if you want to hang out with us on the daily, join the Facebook group uh, at facebook.com slash group slash horror virgin. We also link it like once a week. So just find it there and join the awesome Facebook group. And literally we're in there talking every day. It's awesome. And if you want to check out our Twitch stream, we're at twitch.tv slash Todd awesome. Well, we will be playing horror video games. So if you have always wondered what it would be like to watch me get scared, you can now do that on Twitch while I play these horror games. It's Twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome, guys. Check it out. It's a lot of fun for you. Not a lot of fun for me. This episode was brought to you by Nick, Nick B. B. Nick B, fun fact. Oh, yeah? Uh, he bangs on the walls of all hotels he stays at. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope I never have to stay in an adjoining room to Nick B, because that sounds terrible to me. <laughs> yes. This episode also brought to you by Tia, and Tia's teenager is driving her crazy. So, Mikey, how is Tia's teenager driving her crazy this week? Uh, Tia's teenager has been torturing beetles in class and her teacher is not having it. Aww.
Like the Bugs? Like Beatles? Yeah. yeah. I thought you meant yeah, like the band. Yeah, but also John Lennon. Yeah. <laughs> well, Tia, I'm very sorry that you're having to deal with what I would imagine are some very strange parent-teacher conferences. But if you're looking for some bugs to let your teenager play with, reach out to Brandon at Bug Cage Company on <laughs> Facebook. You like that segue? Oh. Where yeah. they literally will ship you some bugs. So if you need some bugs, reach out to Bug Cage Company on Facebook and have Brandon ship you some bugs. This episode also brought to you by Awesome Possum Blossom. And Awesome Possum Blossom wants me to give you some Awesome Possum facts. So here's one for you. Possums, like beavers, like to play with wood. But unlike beavers, they make wicker men. <laughs> All right. Okay. I don't know why they right. need one. This episode also brought to you by the letter Jeff, and Jeff wants you to check out his podcast, Kissing Jessica Jones, where each week they break down a new episode of the Jessica Jones Netflix TV show or Agent Carter as they moved on to that series. So check out Kissing Jessica Jones on any of your favorite podcast apps. So this episode is also brought to you by Jonathan, but I have not yet gotten a new video from Jonathan. We're oh, recording good. too fast for your spiders. Porn. <laughs> Are you calling it spider porn? No. So, Jonathan, send us some more spider-based media. Stack it up like two or three because, yeah, sometimes we record often. Yeah, this is mainly because Paige and I are going on vacation, so we recorded a few back-to-back. Yeah. So with that, we now return you to another episode of uh, The, the Patreonicals. So the moon is exploding and falling to the earth in big chunks. Right. That's where we left off last week. <laughs> That's where we the left off. The moon got Alderond. Yes. It was looking for moon in Alderond places. Scott goes to stop Dave Who's working with Most Evil Matthew For some reason And rips off his arm And then the other arm is Bidden into by Wes Who now lives as a face in Scott's shoulder Wes Sorry, I've been watching a lot of Nailed It (laughs) I forgot about the shoulder face I'm super into that We got a ghost face shoulder Right, that's whispering sweet nothings to him. Yeah, yeah he bit Dave, and then Scott pounds Dave to a pulp into the ground and kills him, but Dave comes back every time. That's his right. thing. Right, right, right. Blessing and curse, yes. Eddie sends out a distress signal to all the animals on Earth to hide because the moon is breaking down and everything's happening all around it. Yeah. Karun and Damasaurus uh, get back into the spacecraft with Danielle and Kaylee, because they are going to try to blow up chunks of the moon into smaller chunks before they create big explosions. They're Armageddon out of here. (laughs) (laughs) Most evil Matthew, who slaps... uh, Oh, I'm sorry. Aaron is the space moon general. She goes in the spaceship. But she's like, wait a minute. Aaron was like, wait, turns everybody else like, do you guys want to get in the spaceship too? Because it's probably dangerous out here. You guys can come with us for a little bit too. And everybody was like, oh, yeah. Well, both Evil Matthew flicks everybody off, makes out with Kaylee, and they take an elevator into their underground bunker. I like how there are two different approaches. One's going to space to help break up the space rocks now, the former moon. And one Mm -hmm. of them is just to dig deep into the earth and hide and wait. Yeah. And they take Isaac with them into their evil bunker where they're evil. That makes sense. Uh, Yeah. But uh, so Karun picks up Kate's body because she's unconscious from the fight last episode and takes her to the spaceship. Uh, Sasha gets on, but she is still very much sad that their baby grew up and got murdered. Uh, that was like two quickly. episodes ago, man. Get over it. <laughs> <laughs> she was going to imprint on a werewolf anyway. Yeah, it's fine. Scott, Scott gets on the spaceship. 
And then uh, Dreskel, he puts a dome. He it was like New York is where the survivors will live, and he has a dome over a, a force field over New York. Mikey, are you going to do what I think you're going to do? Are we going to have an escape from New York situation next week? Yeah. I can't wait to meet whoever the Snake Plissken allegory is. I want to meet whoever the Snake Plissken allegory is. You know how I feel about 80s Kurt Mm -hmm. Russell. That's what happened this week. I wonder where that tattoo goes, Paige. Willing to find out. Well, we'll find out next week on another episode of uh, The The Patreonicals. And that's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your horror virgin, Todd. Keep it ooky spooky. Yeah. Have a great week. Bye, Wicker Nerds. <laughs> McNerds. Wicker McNerds. Hell yeah, Mikey. I love it. <laughs> I don't know how many listeners we have in Scotland, but I'm sure they're offended by now. Oh, yeah. Uh, just another at the end of this episode. I'm so sorry to everyone <laughs> in Scotland for the horrible representation. <laughs>